All right, guys, welcome back. Um, gonna jump right into this one. It is a long message that I got. It was a email, um, and I emailed the guy back uh, because I was gonna try. I was trying to get caught up on my emails, and I am still following up on Facebook and Instagram. So th again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Thank you guys for your patience. I, I'm overwhelmed with your support. With your support comes. Um, a lot more work but that's that's the point so I'm not complaining about it I'm just um, grateful that you understand that I have a lot of them to get caught up on and and it's just, it's a constant thing for me so um, I'm gonna jump into this email right away it says hey Jeremy I wanted to get your advice on some of the challenges we are currently facing with Millie she's just over 10 weeks now and her potty training seems to be regressing we water her food and put a minimal amount of water in her other bowl for her morning and evening routines. She's pretty predictable immediately afterwards and we just and we can usually get her out to do her business in time. However, during the day she will have a couple accidents. Along with this, she still likes to nip and chew anything from hands, toys and anything in between. I know a few things that we have done wrong and I'm going to put a stop to them starting tonight. One, we're letting her sleep with us, mostly so that we know when she gets up and needs to go outside. Two, she's had a lot of toys, lots of toys. Uh, and there's an exclamation point. Three, she has been receiving lots of cuddling and FaceTime. I'm at the point now where I'm ready to go full-blown crate training on her. My wife believes that it's not right to have a dog locked in a crate for an eight-hour workday, and I somewhat can agree. However, I feel these behaviors continue. If these con behaviors continue, then ultimately we will be at our fault that are of our dog's problems. I suggested that maybe now would be a good time to wipe the slate clean before it's too late. That means no sleeping in our bed, no more toys scattered everywhere, just a select few, such as a tennis ball, something hard to chew on, and maybe another softer toy to chew. I realized that based on her breed, Bloodhound, she's going to be bored easily and needs stuff to keep herself busy and avoid destroying everything in sight. I'm sensing a lack of respect on her part with all these behaviors that she's starting to show. So with all that being said, do you think I should start introducing her kennel as part of a daily routine? Is it okay to keep her locked in there all day while we're at work? We don't want her to be associating the kennel with a bad place or be ruin, or ruin her at such a young age. I'm afraid we don't act very soon. The behaviors she is starting to display will become irreversible. She's been doing pretty good on place training and being patient before being released to eat. She struggles a little with recall, mostly because her nose wants to lead her elsewhere and her ears don't seem to work once that kicks in. Originally, I had hoped to train her both for tracking deer and finding sheds. I think it's going to be a great tracking dog, but I'm not sure I'll be able to drill into her the solid foundation required to be a shed hunter. Let me know your thoughts. I realize it's pretty long-winded, and I'm sure you've been touched on this in videos or podcasts somewhere before if you please feel free to share the link with me thanks Tris Woo! Tris is coming to a workshop and I think it's going to be maybe one of the best decisions he's made in a long time uh, so uh, this podcast I've got a hard end time on it because I've got to go um, take a dog into the vet uh, to get some tests done so I've got 20 minutes to answer that and I don't know if I can do it quite honestly. There's so freaking much there. Um, there's a lot. It's why I emailed him back and I said, I can't write a book 
to answer this because the book won't. I, I, I don't know that I could narrate such a story. I, it's so long. There's so many things here. So first off, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna hit these by bullet points, and I'm gonna back up, back off from this, uh, from a ten thousand foot view, and say, she is just over ten weeks old now. All of that has come and built up in a matter of two weeks, maybe three at the most, depending on when you got it. Seven or eight weeks, you got the puppy. She's ten weeks old. In two or three weeks, you've gone through that emotional roller coaster in your mind and in your body. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is, and, and, and I hope there's probably people listening to this, maybe with a little, maybe with a similar story, but different circumstances. Maybe your dog's 10 months old. If your dog was 10 months old and you were having major issues, I'd say, yeah, we're going to have to get to work here pretty quick. 10 weeks old in that short amount of time, I, I got good news for everybody out there. They're resilient. You can't break them in two weeks. I think what the problem is, is not the dog right now. It's the mindset of the trainer. It's the understanding of realistic expectations or the lack of. It's overanalyzing everything to the nth degree. It's, it, it's, it's interesting because you come into this with, with the idea of, you know, her potty training seems to be regressing. How can it regress? It's only, the dog's only been with you for two weeks. Like, I don't know that it, I don't know that you got good enough to be able to regress. Like, get the dog to not poop and pee in the house in the first month. That's, that's, if you can do that, and quite honestly, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make you feel good when I make this statement, but I don't ever have accidents, ever. We never, now I'll, I'll jinx it, because then all of a sudden I'll have a dog that'll have an accident. But when I bring in a puppy, I rarely ever have accidents. And if there are accidents, it is 100% our fault. There's no, the reason I don't have accidents is because I just get real good with anticipating things and putting a routine and schedule together. I'm probably the most scatterbrained person you're going to talk with in a long time when it comes to like stuff going on. Ben can attest to this. The guys in the shop can attest to this. I go in a lot of directions fast all the time. When it comes to the dogs, I forget about outside influences and distractions and I stay really focused, laser-like focus to ensure that they don't, that I'm not cleaning up poop and pee because I don't like doing that. So it's easy when you have laser-like focus. It's hard when you're a flashlight. So what what I'm what's interesting is is this is this is part of it that I mean the X's and O's the the specific things we water her food and put a minimal amount of water in her bowl before in the morning and evening routines. So what? So stay up later and let the dog out. You're not having the problems going overnight. You just told me you're not having the problems overnight. The problems are during the day. So what the hell does feeding and watering have to do in the morning before and after when you're feeding? Now, the morning one I could see. But here's the thing. Yes, eight hours for a puppy in a kennel is not going to work. Get creative, Tris. Find a neighbor. Find a friend. Find a kid. Find something that can break the day up. Two, three-hour blocks, no problem. Get the, bring the dog to work. Get cre- I know everyone's going to tell me I can't bring my dog to work. I worked construction and I brought my dogs to work. You know how I did it? I got creative. I figured out a way to convince my boss to allow me to do it. We did it. It was easy. I bro- also brought dogs to my office and left them in the truck with the windows down and let them out three times a day. Once at about 9.30, once at noon, and once at about 2. And by the end of the day, I had to do it for about a week or two until they were old enough to be able to hold it 
longer and longer and longer. And you can maybe instead of going at 9.30, noon, and 2, you go 9.30, noon, and 2 for a week. And then you say, I'm going to go till 10.30, 11, and then I'm going to go 2.33. And so you broke, you changed it from three to two times. And then maybe you do it just at noon. And then by the time you do that for another week, depending on the dog, you might be able to make it all day. But as long as you're like in that situation, what's the rush? Maybe I do it for three weeks, four weeks, and then eventually the dog is good and I can get a little work in in those sessions. I can take the dog and do a little heel work with them. So it's the idea of thinking that there's only one way to skin this cat is wrong. There's lots of ways to do it. You got to get creative. So that's now that's specifically talking X's and O's and techniques of house, house breaking. Yeah, you're not doing it the right way. You can't expect the dog to be able to do it the way you want to do it. You have to do it the way the dog has to do it. Next thing, you're talking about all these issues that are happening. And then you say, I know the problem is because we have created the issues. There, it, having self-awareness is real important. You understand that the problems are not the dogs. The problems are yours that created them. To say we're going to wipe the slate clean two weeks into it is a good time to start. It should have happened a couple weeks ago. But that's okay. You live and you learn. Now start over. Cold turkey. That that idea of the idea of taking all the toys away except leaving three is, is you might as well leave them all. Chew toys are chew toys. Training tools. Just answered a question about this to another person on email about chew toys. What are we giving these dogs for chew toys? You have to give them something to keep them busy. You say it yourself, your dog will destroy everything if in sight if you don't. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're priming that dog to destroy everything in sight because you're prepping it to be a chewer. No chew toys. If, if we didn't give people cigarettes, they wouldn't smoke. Let's not give chew toys to dogs, they won't chew. If you keep things out of the dog's reach, they can't get at them. It's the easiest way to succeed. You don't want your kids to play with all the toys. Don't allow them in the room full of toys unsupervised. You can have toys all over, but they can't get to them. Well, I don't know if that's fair. I, want, I don't know that it's, I don't know that you should let them see the toys, but you can't touch them. So put them away. It's real easy. Be the, be the parent. So place training is a real valuable tool because I have dogs right now. I have four dogs. I'm, like, I'm looking around my living room. I have four dogs who are old, obviously, older. And all four of them are laying on their beds just as content and happy as can be. They've been doing it since they were really, really little. You've, you can watch all of our stuff on, on YouTube and see that. We start eight, eight. You got a 10-week-old pup. I'd have that. I've had 10-week-old puppies at, at consumer shows that they saw five to 10,000 people in the course of two days. And they were on a bed and they never got off. I didn't start at the consumer show. I started a week or two into it before. And then when I went there, I didn't just put them on and cross them and not pay attention and hope that it worked. We watched them very closely and we put them in the back of the booth and then we slowly moved them. And by the second day, they were out right on the aisle getting petted by a lot of people. And if they got rambunctious, if they got excited, that's understandable. They're a puppy, so I put them away. So you, you got to start taking this the approach to this with this dog as... Get, grab the bull by the horns and be the be the leader. We're letting we're, we're your your wife doesn't think it's nice to have the dog in the kennel. I don't either. So don't do it. Get creative. If your wife thinks the dog should sleep with you in the bed, get ready to deal with dominance things because dogs are going to lay on top of you. And who's on top of who? When I walk up to the guy in the bar, I put my hand on his shoulder. What does he want to do? Put his hand on my shoulder. That's body language. 
the guy that has the upper hand, the whole scene, the upper hand, I got the upper hand on you. That's not just like made up for no reason. If you've got the upper hand, you're, you're in charge. If the dog is laying on top of you, that's the upper hand physically, literally. So the idea of cleaning the slate, I totally agree. But don't do it half-assed. Don't take away 15 toys and leave three. You might as well leave them all if you're going to do it that way. Now, uh, receiving lots of cuddling and FaceTime. If the dog's nipping and biting at you and it's because you pick the dog up and put your face in front of their face, you are setting them up to fail. So I love the idea of holding the puppy. I love the idea of having the puppy be submissive in my arms. Hold them the right way. Have the kids hold them the right way. Do the exercises that you see in the puppy training videos that we have. Hold the puppy on its back and let not let it wiggle and squirm and get out of that. Put your feet on top of the puppy when you get to be in place training later on when you're watching TV in the evening. All of those things are body language things that you can do to get the dog to understand where the dog is in the pack. If the dog is nipping, biting, and chewing, they're telling me, they're screaming at me, I'm going to test you and I'm going to win. And if I win, I'm going to keep testing. And pretty soon, you're my, you're my biatch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's the saying, right? You're my bitch. I, I, I don't say it to be swearing, and if there's kids listening, you should, don't talk like that. But, hey, when you're my you know what? That's what you are. Well, that's what that dog is telling you. Don't allow it. That doesn't mean you have to be a bully. That doesn't mean you have to beat up a 10-week-old puppy. That means you just have to be a leader. Firm up. Tell them no. Mean it. Hold them in a spot that they can't bite at you. If a dog bites and chews at your face, get your face away from his. It's the easiest way to get a dog to be successful is when they nip and bite at your hands, don't put your hands where they can nip and bite at them. And when they're nipping and biting, for me, it's one, one time I usually pick them up by the back of their neck and I tell them, that's enough, in a deep, growly voice. And then they look at me and they go, I'm really sorry. And they lick their lips and I tell them, you know what? No problem. I forgot about it already. I don't hold grudges against dogs. I don't go hold grudges against 10-week-old puppies. We let, it, we let that water go under the bridge and then we move on. So I'm, I'm reading this, I'm listening to this. I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know what the problem is. Now you have to fix it. Yeah. Some people don't even know what the, what the, what the issue is. Um, you know, I, I, I read in here, you said, I realized that, the base, that based on her breed, a bloodhound, she's going to be bored and easily needs stuff to keep her busy and avoid destroying everything in sight. I don't buy that. I don't think that. I, it, dog's a dog. I don't think that one dog is more destructive than the other because they get bored and need to chew things, everything in sight. I think some dogs have the ability to get at everything in sight and then create bad habits that are destructive. I think the same breed of dog that's raised in a different environment and with a different has different cultural impacts around it turns out differently. The same two, the same two kids raised in different environments have completely different income, different outcomes. So I think that we have to look at it and go, take that step up and take that responsibility on as the leader and be responsible for the idea of I'm instead of crossing my fingers and hoping it works out instead of being, fr I mean, you're stewing this, stewing over this pretty heavily in these first two weeks. You know what it tells me? It tells me you really care about this. You really want to do this right. So I'm telling you, take a step back, take a deep breath. Start over, like you said, wipe the slate clean, 
But start out now the way it probably should have started a couple weeks ago and recognize and be thankful. Like it's all about perspective. We're talking about perspective in 2021 uh, within our organization, especially we, our, our group, our, the guys here, the part, our family within this business is talking and, and I am hopefully showing it by example that it's about perspective. We can whine piss and moan all we want about what's going on around us or we can celebrate what's going on around us the exact same stuff it's just a matter of how you look at it i would look at this as what a great opportunity at 10 weeks old to shape and mold this dog into what i want and what i'm looking for and what's desirable to me specifically or you could say i i potentially have ruined this dog for the rest of its life because of the last two to three weeks have gone in a downward spiral. It's the exact same dog in the exact same situation. It just depends on how you look at it. I'm going to, I'm going to vote for the idea of your perspective on this needs to just change. Take a deep breath, relax and start looking at figuring out how to take what you are a lot of the stuff in this email, if you listen to me read this email in the beginning, there's some negative connotations to stuff. Just the thought process is negative. We don't want her to start associating the kennel with a bad place or ruin her at such an age, at such a young age. I think, you know, I don't need, I don't want that to happen either. I don't think it needs to. I don't think it makes sense. Why would putting a dog in a kennel? So I look at putting dogs in kennels. This is perspective. When I put dogs in kennels, I look what a, I look at it as what a safe, quiet place for them to get away from all the hectic stuff around them and have a little bit of time and peace to themselves. Some might look at that as, in your words, in your wife's words here, uh, my wife believes that it's not right to have a dog locked in a crate for an eight-hour workday, and I somewhat can agree. You look at it as locked in a crate. I look at it as peaceful time away from the hectic life that we live it's the exact same scenario it's how you look at it and i'm telling you right now yes the dog is not going to like it when you first put him in there no question about it that's why i listen to all the crate training stuff that we we've got out there whether it's our training videos or our podcasts or whatever we've talked about it a million places they whine and fuss and cry let your neighbors know when you're going to do that because they're going to sound they're going to really scream but the sooner you let them understand screaming and crying doesn't get me out of here. Being quiet, settling in, going to, going to sleep. Hell, they let me out when I do that. It's a learned behavior of what gets what you want. If your kids throw fits every time they don't get something and that allows them to get it, guess what your kids are going to do for the rest of their lives? If they understand that they just don't get everything that they want at the moment, at that exact moment, that impulse of satisfaction, mental, physical, whatever it is, if they understand, if people start to understand that throwing a fit doesn't get me that, instead I just got to be patient and sometimes maybe work a little harder and sometimes I got to uh, allow time, the right time to be here for the, for everything to work. I, I have a lot of faith that things will always work out the way they're supposed to. That's, that's a deep faith for lots of different reasons. Some of it's faith-based literally in my beliefs. Some of it's the idea of experience with some business stuff. There's all these different reasons, but I'm a firm, firm believer in the idea of be patient. 
You've heard me talk about this a lot. Be patient. Be patient. Trust the process is what Ben always tells me. Trust the process. Enjoy the process. So the idea of screaming bloody murder or get out of this crate or look at it as, ooh, nap time. Same dog, same situation, different perspective. So us on the outside, we have to start embracing that, living that, and leading that way. Do you know how much easier it is for me when I'm around people that have this positive attitude, this positive outlook on life? My wife, my wife is in Florida right now, and she got delayed on her flight on the way down because she always gets delayed. Every flight she's on, she gets delayed. She knows it. And I know some people that get delayed in an airport and bitch hard about it. Complain, whine, oh, God. Especially these days. Who wants to be stuck cooped up in an airport, right? So my wife is delayed three hours in Chicago, and she can't find a spot to park. She's texting me about it. She's got two kids with her. One's a two-year-old. She can't find a spot. You know how many women I've met in my life that would complain wildly about that? I'd hear about it. You know what my wife sent me? She sent me a couple texts. Well, it looks like we're going to try to get some Chicago-style pizza. Added bonus to our trip. Our daughter loves Chicago-style pizza. So then they drove around, and they sent me pictures of Wrigley Field, and they sent me pictures of Soldier's Field, and they sent me pictures of, I don't know what it was, places downtown. She said, been driving around for three and a half hours, can't find a spot to park. You'd love it here. <sighs> she knows that that's just like one of my things I can't handle. But you know what she did? My kids went and got pizza. And they were smiling and they had some frozen ice cream or something. And, and, and I looked at, I texted her back and I said, the impression that you leave behind you on my kids and myself, the idea of lemonades, lemonade in life, you get dealt a crap hand like that and you had lemon, you get the lemons, you made the lemonade. I like the summer Hummer myself, splash of Tito's, but it's the idea of, What's your perspective like? So I want, I want you, Trist, I'm going to message you when this goes live now. I want you to reread your message to me. It's a long one. Set aside a little time. Read the message again and go through it and break it down. And whenever you sense something negative, I want you to turn it into a positive. Figure out how to make your message the exact same message. I don't have enough time or I'd do it. I want you to do it. It's homework for you. Read your message and figure out how to put a positive spin on it. And then when that mentality starts to be adopted into, then do it in something else in your life. And then another thing in your life. And then, and then all of a sudden I want, I'm going to get messages back of God, I can't believe I panicked and freaked out about that two week window. This, this, and this is happening and it's going really well. We did have a little bump in the road here, but that allowed us to learn this. And now all of a sudden, it's the exact same route. It's the exact same path. It's the exact same journey, the same process. It's just you're going to enjoy it. And that's important. That's real important. Or why do it, right? That's it, guys. That's exactly 3.30, and I've got a vet appointment at 4, and i got to be on the road. So thank you guys for listening. Do me a favor, if you would, if you like these, if you want us to keep doing them, we're going to keep doing them because I can tell it helps people. And it, it, that's, that's the whole purpose of it. If you do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Ben and I are working on it because I can't see reviews right now on, on my Apple pod app. So we're trying to figure that out because I want to read them. 
I want to. What were there? Was a four hundred and ninety hundred ninety some reviews on it as of this moment. Ben saw it on his phone. I'm wanting. I'm fixing my phone so that I can read them because I want to read them because I want to understand what it is that you enjoy and what it is we can do better. And so, if you do me a favor, leave us a review and subscribe. And if you're not listening or watching us on our YouTube channel, I'm going to reach out to you and ask you to broaden your horizons beyond the pod and move to our YouTube channel and start getting the visual part of it. Because the idea of, with all these different places that we're trying to put stuff is make the experience better. And I think part of it is audible, part of it is visual, part of it is interactive, part of it is just non-interactive. It's just a one-way thing. Um, but I want, I, if we can, if there's a way for us to help you more, I think it's that way. Broaden some of the ways you're listening to apply and then applying i think you know watch all you want the work happens when you get your hands dirty so you need to apply and execute once you get the info so thank you guys so much for your support i appreciate it greatly